Welcome to the She Builds Show. I'm your host, Stephanie Olson, a licensed general contractor who builds new construction, renovates, and designs your vision. Today, more than ever, we need raw, authentic women who are willing to rise above society's norms, break those glass ceilings, and encourage each other to boldly build the life we were meant to live. So honey, what are you building? Today on the She Build Show, we have the incredible general contractor, designer, and real estate developer, Gabby from Guild Properties. Welcome to the show, Gabby. Hi, Stephanie. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to finally meet you in I'm doing in like quote. yeah, air quote real per, real life, <laughs> real life instead of just binging on your Instagram stuff. <laughs> binging, that's so funny. Well, I think you're. I was binging on your stuff because so I was like, oh, I got to get to know her and like all the things she does. And it's <laughs> like your stuff is absolutely beautiful. So tell me, how was Guild Properties born? Like, where did this come from? Okay, well. It's not a straight story. Like I didn't get here from A to B, right? Like how sometimes we think we're going to get to things right in a straight line, but it looks the opposite of that. Yeah. So this is my second career, right? Like I went to school for, you know, I went to business school and then I worked in finance for a long time in Mm -hmm. higher education. And finally, you know, my passion has been design and construction from, I don't know, since early on, I can remember, you know, I come from construction. So I grew up with in the field of like my father used to own a very large construction company in Nicaragua. I'm Nicaraguan, by the way. I became a naturalized American in 2015. You know, I went to the swearing in ceremony and Yay! everything. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> thank you. It was really funny. It was a lot of fun. But I grew up in Nicaragua. My father used to own a construction company and construction was always around, you know, like it's always been sort of like a part of my life. Mm-hmm. And I went to business school and I thought I wanted to I don't even know, you know, I was like, this is what people do. Like, I love numbers, though. Like, I love give me a good spreadsheet. Oh, yeah, I'm right there with you. (laughs) I can spend all day, you know, making it look pretty and like cells and colors. I'm like, so weird. I'm like, "Mm, and I love you didn't budget. I know me too. Right. I think that that's like such an important part of construction. Like, if you don't know how to budget and actually make it or breaks it. Right. Like. It's like bottom line, we have to pay attention. So I've always been good at budgeting. Like I really love budgeting. I've always loved accounting and stuff like that. So I went to business school, but throughout business, you know, this whole time, it's like whenever I'm not doing that stuff or I wasn't doing that stuff, I was always reading Architectural Digest, you know, going to Home Depot for fun. Like who does that, right? I, I mean, <laughs> like, I do. I'm like, let's go to Lowe's. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's like you and I, we understand. Like we go and we can spend hours and like come up with ideas and like look at things that are like new products and stuff like that. And it's like, and that's always been sort of like a part of what was happening. In 2008, I we already had a daughter. She was how old was Isabella? Eight plus two. She was 10 and we had a baby on the way and we were still living in an apartment and we decided to buy our first house. So the economy was crashing. It was 2008. 
and no one was buying houses except us, right? So, but it was actually turned out well because we were able to negotiate well for this Mm -hmm. first home that we bought. But it was a house that needed a lot of work, Stephanie, right? Mm -hmm. Like it needed a ton of work and we were a young family and we basically had no money, right? So we would get into this house I wanted to do everything. I would the kitchen and the bathrooms and the floors. And you know, you know how it goes. Yeah. So I was like, I called my dad. (laughs) My dad is an engineer and he used to own this construction company. By this point, he had already sold it and is retired. And my brother is an architect that used to work with my father. So I called them both and I'm like, how do I do this? I have no money and I need to renovate this house. And they were like, well, you can act as your own general contractor. We'll walk you through how you can do it. You can totally do it, you know, and then you will save a ton of money and then you're doing it slowly, like start with one project. And then, and so I did, you know, so that is sort of like how it began. Right. Mm-hmm, right. So we started with the kitchen. I was able to do it. It turned out beautifully. I loved it. I loved the whole process. I even loved when it was like demo and like the space it was a mess and no one in my house liked it. Except yeah, because yeah, you, know, you can face. see, yeah, because you can see what it's gonna look like. <laughs> right. I can, oh yeah, I could totally see what it's gonna look like. And I don't I didn't mind living in a construction zone, even though we had we were having babies at the time. Because <laughs> not only one baby, two came, babies came back to back, you know. So we that's how we how it started. Mm-hmm. So then we renovated our first house that way. We sold that one, made a lot of money and then bought our second house and so forth. And then we did it again. But then it got to the point like I had no more houses mm-hmm. to rent. So I was like, what do I do? So we started investing in real estate in Arlington. And so we would buy these properties that needed a lot of work, renovated them and sold them. Like we started flipping houses. Mm-hmm. And then eventually it grew into friends of mine would approach me and be like, hey, I need to remodel a bathroom or a kitchen or whatever can you help me? And I was like, I got you. I got you, you know, cause yeah. I had the cruise, like I had been doing it. I was like, totally let's do it. And all of a sudden, Stephanie, it's, I was like, Hmm, I'm, this is like, it could turn into a thing. Right. Right. And that's how guild properties was born. Wow. And I wanted, you know, like guild in my head, I envisioned, you know, like the old school guilds, right. Where all the carpenters would like unionize and yeah, gather. And like the metal workers were like gather. And so in my head, I wanted to sort of be this space where people who are really good at their craft would be able to, you know, sort of like gather and collaborate and sort of like that's how Guild Properties was born. Right. But then the pandemic hit. Right. Ah. The pandemic hit. I, had a, I still had a nine to five job. And so everybody was working from home. I wasn't renovating or flipping any homes and I was like okay like what's gonna happen now right so I was like okay well everybody was like there's no judgment here well everybody was drinking and baking bread yeah (laughs) (laughs) and buying pampered chef yes buying pampered chef I decided I have to admit I did that (laughs) I mean everybody did I decided that I was going to study for my licenses right so I was like, okay, let's do this. Let's get this formalized. And I went through the licensing process during the middle of the pandemic in that summer of 2020. By November of 2020, I finally got my residential and commercial licenses 
in December, I got my first like real quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes for people who can't see me, <laughs> client, right? Uh-huh. Under the new license, license yeah. properties. How hard was it for you to pass that test? It was hard. Yeah, I know. Mine was I'm too. Gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest. It was one of the most challenging things I've ever done in my entire life. Yeah, I agree. Yes, it was. It's not easy, and it's not easy being a mom and having kids. And like, I would study. I would be like, okay, you're gonna do. I think I did it for six months straight. Every night, I would from like seven to seven thirty. I was like, you're. You have to do fifty questions a day. Like that was yeah. like I couldn't go to bed unless I did my fifty questions, and I would just like study, study, study. So it is, it's not easy. (laughs) It's not easy. And I'm going to tell you, Stephanie, the commercial portion of it, I had to retake three times. Yeah. And every single time, you know, it's like, I mean, you know how they are, they're long and like, yeah, it's a grueling day. It wipes you out for sure. It wipes you out and they're long and dense. And I failed it three times. And then every single time I would walk out of there in tears being like, that's it. I'm never doing it again. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. I quit. I quit. I'm like, you know, just so frustrated. But I kept going. I kept doing it. I was like, you know what? I have nothing to lose except the fee, the exam fee, right? Because they charge you every single time. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, I am going, even if it takes me a thousand times, I am going to keep doing it until I pass. I'm going to keep going until I get to the goal where I want to go. Where did that fire come from? Like, just curious, because there's a lot of people that fail an exam three times. They're done. Like sometimes failing an exam one time, they don't like, what what, do you have? Like, is it your support system? Is it just like who you are to not fail? You know, I think it's a combination of like a lot of things, Stephanie, like something that is a big part of my story is like, I became a teenage mom at the age of 18 Mm-hmm. So I had a baby as a freshman in college, you know, and sort of like I was very young. I was a baby with a baby and I was introduced. I had to grow up really quickly. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of like a lot of people back in Nicaragua, where I'm from, viewed it as like this terrible, tragic thing that would happen to me. Right. Right. It was viewed like in terms of my society, where I come from. I was pretty much like walking around with a scarlet letter on my chest. Right, like an outcast, yeah. Right, an unwed teenage mom at the age of 18. Mm -hmm. But, you know, in a way I didn't, it was hard, but I didn't view it that way, right? Like I was just like in my head, failure, even back then was never like sort of like an option. Right, and it didn't just like cloak you. You were like, okay, this is, I mean, yeah. and I also think that like when people look at you from the outside that like, they don't know the connection that like a mother has with a daughter, even at that young age, it's like this beautiful child is, is a gift, like whether you think that or not. <laughs> and exactly. I love her, you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. And the gift and that my relationship with my then boyfriend, who is now my husband, and we've had many other children together, you know, we didn't, we went a different route than the normal routes that people take. You know, we didn't get married right away. We got married later. Mm -hmm. You know, we are still together. We have built businesses together. We are, you know, it's sort of like our path has been different, but sort of like going back to your question about 
that fire is sort of, and it's interesting that you asked this, and I thought you were, this was going to come up for some reason, because it's been coming up a lot in sort of like my conversations with people, this notion of like failing, right? Like, I'm not that scared of failing. I think it's such a necessary part of life and of being a business owner and of just being like, of just getting better at our craft, Mm -hmm. right? Like I call it failing well, right? Like in order to get to where I want to be, I'm going to have to fail many, 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 many times. And the better I get at failing and learning the lesson that is, you know, bringing me, the better I'm going to, that process of getting to my goal is going to be. And sometimes right. that's what's ended up happening is that, you know, I set a goal and I try and try and try and try. I have fail, I fail, I fail and fail. And then I'm like, I have to change the solution a little bit. Right. And instead of what I thought was going to be, you know, from here to here, I have to take a detour to get the final goal. Right. And sometimes the goal has been modified because, and it's actually better. It turns out than initially expected. So I don't know. I think I've always sort of been this way. I've had many, many coaches in life and sort of mentors who have drilled down this notion of like, of learning how to make mistakes, you know, continuously, mm-hmm. not being scared of rejection, not being scared of negative emotions coming up and just being okay with negative emotion. So yeah, you know, it's like, I think I, what it like for me, how I like, I describe it to my daughter. Cause she, she's can be really hard on herself and, you know, has a very high expectation of her performance and whatever it is. And I think what, like how I describe it to her is like setting up camp in that defeat or in that failure, like pitching your tent and staying there too long. You know, it's like, that's when we get in trouble is when we're like, I failed I've done something wrong and I'm going to stay in that feeling of failure. I'm going to pitch my tent. I'm going to live here. I'm going to camp here for a little while. And I'm always like, baby, let's burn that tent, put that down. Like we understand what's happened. Let's move on. Let's find a solution. Let's change our attitude. Let's think about it differently. Let's have a different mindset. We're not going to set up shop here, babe. You know, because I think that that's what, when people fail that they just stay stuck in that failure instead of being like, exactly like you said, like, okay, well, what's the solution? Maybe it's different than the previous goal. Maybe it's different than what we thought. Maybe success is just getting up and and taking a couple steps forward and re-signing up for the test and not knowing how you're going to get there, but I'm still going to do it. You know, I think that that is, feels like what you're describing. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. You know, and I just, I love that what you tell your daughter, it's like, You know, it's like stuff that I teach my children all the time, like not being scared of doing something because they're scared to fail. Mm -hmm. And I think I see that a lot happening, right? I've done that before in my life where I don't do something because I am scared of the outcome, right? I am scared of a negative outcome. And essentially what it boils down for me, Stephanie, is that it's not that I'm scared of how I'm going to feel, right? Like. I am scared of all those big feelings like rejection and shame and 
feeling less than and all those things, right? Yeah, or not like stepping up and and achieving the thing that you set out to do or whatever and ending up not getting there. My daughter, just like side note, this last weekend, my daughter had a horse show and like I made her go because her friends were going and I wanted her to support her friends. It's not really the style of writing she does, but I made her go. I was like, babe, you just, let's just go. Like we need to go. You know, it's like, pleasure writing and she does like rodeo stuff right so it's totally not her thing and she goes in and she she gets like fourth place and then fifth place and then she doesn't place and then she gets sixth place so it's like this downwards file and by the end you know like by like class four she's in the car crying you know and I'm like we're not quitting like we're not and I knew that the ranch writing was coming up which is like what she's good at and I was like we're not quitting like this. We didn't come here to quit. We're, I, I know that it's hard, but we're not quitting. So she like takes a deep breath and she's like, okay, when's my next class? And we like get her on and she goes in and she wins the class, like the, oh. the last class of the day. And I just like bawling because oh. it was like precisely the lesson I needed her to learn that it's like, but it all within like three hours, you know, right. like it's really, really hard sometimes. And we fail and we go down and we get, but if we don't give up, look what happens. Like you succeed. It was just what like happened? such a beautiful example in a short period of time, which is like great for children, right? That if you don't give up, you can succeed. And like the smile on her face and all of that. And she's like, wow, mom, I just like plummeted down that the mountain. And then I came back up. I'm like, right. Like, I'm so proud of you. For what just, an amazing thing that you're teaching your daughter. Like, I love it. I'm like, well, and even if she had spent the whole day and failed and didn't get it, I was like, I actually have to teach her those things because she's so hard on herself. She's the type of person that will not try stuff. She will not do it if she doesn't know she's going to win, you know? And it's like, no, like we got to try right. it anyways and go for it. So it's just kind of the same thing, but like in bigger, bigger life stuff, right? It's like, oh, I'm going to try it. And I just hope someday that that translates for her. Like, okay, I failed before and I came back and I'm okay. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like, so. I, I call it failing well. Like we yeah. just get better at it. And I anticipate the feelings that are going to come with a fail. Like I already know what's coming and I'm okay with it because I have felt them before. And I know they're not going to kill me and they're going to come again and they're going to pass as well. So it's like, I am well aware of all those things. Of the process. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's a beautiful term. Failing well. Maybe we'll just title the podcast that how to fail well. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So let's get into construction a little bit. So I, you know, I was digging through all your stuff. So it looks like you primarily or mostly, or, you know, focus your attention on bathrooms. So tell me about why bathrooms. Bathrooms are the core of my business. I do a lot of bathrooms. I, you know, bathrooms are easy in a way. We have them down to like a science. We're in and out unless it's a ginormous bathroom, but we're in and out in a month to a month and a half, you know, Mm -hmm. at the most. So they are quick turnaround projects and they're just, in a way, they're easy for me and my crew, you know, yeah. and I love them. Why bathrooms? Like kitchens, they are an excellent return on the investment for a house. You know, if you have a dated bathroom and you you invest X amount in renovating that bathroom, it's going to be, and you have to sell that house, it's going to be a one-on-one return pretty much, right? Mm-hmm. So they're just excellent investment opportunities to bring up the value of your home, you know? So 
that is my sweet spot. Bathrooms are just my sweet spot. I like everything. I like tile. You know, I like hardware stuff like showers. There's so many reasons why I like them, but yeah, I know. I was actually just like bidding a project yesterday for a bathroom and I'm like, oh my God, like, I don't know. Cause my mind, like when I bid, I kind of like have to think about the design and like what I want to do and all of that. So I just like get in like kind of created, like creative, like numbery mode. I don't know. It's weird. It's like, well, can they afford that? And this price and this is what I want to do, but it is fun. It's fun to, to make a bathroom a space that you want to be in and relax in. And I think, what did your website say? It was like, we spend two years of our life in our bathroom or something. We spend actually, it's, you know, it's like, I can't remember the exact number of hours, but like, you know, those research studies where like we spend 14 years of our life asleep or I don't know. Yeah. Sleeping. Yeah. Sleeping. It's like, we spend spend two years of our life on the crapper. No, (laughs) we do. And some people more because like some people take a, I don't know. I'm not one of those people, but there are people who take really long getting ready in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm, I'm not that person. You can see my hair sweat. (laughs) I'm not that person. It's like, look, I mean, no makeup and like, but it's like a lot of people spend a lot of time. So yeah, you're going to be spending a lot. And usually Stephanie, you and I know as women, like that is the one place where we can go close the door. Yes. I know. I'm like, (laughs) I was just before this in the bath, like just relaxing, reading my book and like, we have a barn door on our bathroom was probably the biggest mistake of my life. And my, cause my dog goes like this and like opens my my barn door. And I'm like about ready to yell at one of the children, like don't come in. And it's the dog. I'm like, Oh, you little stinker. I know there's such little stinkers. And it's like, even the dogs, you know, and remember when the kids were little, when we had toddlers, I was like, there were times where, every human in the house what in I the bathroom is in the bathroom yeah my children like have their own bathroom and they shower in my bathroom yep. every single time I'm like yep. is there something wrong with your bathroom no it's just that no. our spaces are more comfortable to them for some yeah. reason right yeah, I know it's and, totally fine with me yeah I know that's so funny well I love bathrooms okay so also you do virtual design so like virtual design, project management. How did this come about? And like, how is it going? And why did you do it? So it's going okay. What has ended up happening is that I've had several virtual design consultations for bathrooms, you know, and basically because how I was talking about, I've done a lot of bathrooms. I understand bathrooms very well. I know exactly what you're probably going to need. You know, it comes down like, send me a picture of your bathroom, send me general measurements and I can provide a virtual design for your bathroom. I can tell you exactly how much tile you need, what shower system to buy, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it's doable when things are not moving places, right? It's very mm-hmm. doable. Right. Just now, yeah, just a cosmetic situation. Just a cosmetic. Like maybe let's gut it, change, change the cosmetic stuff, right? Not moving the plumbing around. That gets a little bit trickier. And it's going okay. You know, it hasn't picked up as much as I thought it would be. And, you know, it's all this like testing of things that we do as business owners, right? Right. But I've had several clients who have loved it, right? And it's like, I have consulted with people in Seattle and I've had a few in California, right? 
And I think the latest one, where was she? Actually, this is interesting. She was in Washington. I'm, I live in Arlington, Virginia, which is just across the river from Washington, D.C. Like she hired me for this and she, I could have definitely done this. Yeah. Person, right? right. But she just wanted the design. And then she was going to GC it herself, uh-huh. which I loved. I love. Yeah. It. I yeah. Loved You're it. like, yes, go for it. Yes. And then I also talked to her about how to go about finding the subs and sort of like, you know, the order of things or how they should go. And she, and I was like, you got this, you can do it. Right. So that happened. And I, I loved it. Yeah. And she was like, she felt so confident. And I think she's, that was like two weeks ago. So I don't think she started, but she had everything that she yeah, needed. Yeah, she needed to be able to yeah. do it herself. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I think like just empowering other people to feel like, okay, yeah, I can do this. And that's the thing. It's like, I, I don't know if you've heard of Matriarchy Build. Have you heard yes. of them? Are you on, on their platform? You are yeah. too, right? Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I think yes. you are. And I just love that they're just like trying to put us, people like us with the experience in the hands of anybody that wants to be able to go, okay, I may not feel comfortable doing this, but there's a woman that I feel, you know, connected and easy talking to, and they have the experience and knowledge, and they're willing to share that with me for a pretty nominal fee, you know, just to, to buy us for a little, you know, hour time or a couple hours and help them with their project. Like, I think it's such a beautiful and smart way to empower other women to just try things. So that's so cool. Yeah. Okay. So tell me like, who is on your team? I'm just interested, like, you know, how much do you do in house? How much do you sub out? Who's on your team? It depends on the size of the project, right? If it's a sizable project, that's going to require all sorts of permits. You know, I have to sub out an architect, right? Or a structural engineer for those drawings and specs and stuff like that. Because I, you know, I'm not an architect and I'm not an engineer. And sometimes we need those things, I guess, as you know, it's in-house. It's myself and my assistant, Elena, who is a young architect. She's about to graduate from architectural school in December. So right now, all of the in-house design is done by us, right? Mm -hmm. Like layouts and, and elevations and stuff like that. Things that don't require structural loads and stuff like that. We can do it in-house. Right. Yeah. Just to have your proposed and your, you know, as built and be able to Correct. submit. Yeah. Correct. And then my crew consists, I, I, I have two working crews. My main crew is three Guatemalans who I love dearly, head by my foreman, David. And they are the sweetest men, you know, that I have ever encountered. Um, they are so detail oriented and just so sweet. They have never had a problem working with a woman, you know, in the construction field, which I have had in the past. Right. Mm -hmm. And they are people I don't work with anymore. We couldn't work together and that's okay. You know, so David, who I've been working with for many, many years back when I was like, you know, doing all my house flips and stuff like that. So they are my main crew. I have another crew from when we have several projects going on at the same time. That's another thing. I don't take on too many projects at the same time. I cap myself out at two, maybe three when the second is sort of like finishing. Almost done, yeah. Overlaps, but 
I don't take more than two at the same time. It's just, it's not worth it to me. I like to be on site every single day. And I like to talk to the client a lot. And I feel like I can't pay that much attention when there's, I, there's just too many projects. Right. My second crew is a Nicaraguan, like, like myself. His name is Marlon. And he works with four guys who are just excellent at what they do. You know, we have our tiler and our drywaller and our carpenter and stuff like that. And that's pretty much my yeah, team. That's amazing. I love it yeah. so much. What's kind of been maybe the best compliment you've ever gotten? Oh, interesting. The best compliment I've ever gotten. Wow. You know, it's really interesting because my clients end up, a lot of my clients end up being my friends. Right. I know. I know. I'm like gathering friends all the time. (laughs) Right. Like all the time. We did a whole house remodel in the fall of last year. And my client said something to me. She's like, you gave me permission to really own my project. And it's changed the way our family lives. Mm. That was to me, I read that and I like, I teared up. Yeah, immediately. Absolutely. I actually had somebody say that to me too. She goes, we spend more time together now because we can gather at the island. And like, so you don't realize that like you're affecting the way people live, like you're making beautiful design and you're making the functional layout and, you know, cohesiveness. But then like when the family moves in and it's like, oh, we spend more time with our daughter because like we can gather around the island and I can chat about our day where before it was so cramped, there was nowhere for us to be all together. And you're just like, oh, I didn't know I was doing that. (laughs) I know, isn't it a beautiful thing? And also with this one client that I'm talking about, she really was involved in a lot of like the design process for the renovation. And, you know, she was scared to make the incorrect choice, quote unquote, right? Of like uh-huh. whatever tile, countertop. But I was like, you need to go with your gut. It doesn't matter what your mom or your next door neighbor is. Their opinion is about what's going to go in your house. Like this is your house, your remodel. It needs your. It needs to make your eyes happy. Right. Your eyes are the most important eyes. No one else. Matter exactly, right? mm-hmm. and she took that and she ran with it, and she was having so much fun, and she was making all these like bold decisions, and and they ended up and she wallpapered like. Let me just give you an example. It's not generally my aesthetic, right? But I was also having so much fun because it was so different for me, Stephanie. Yeah, she had this powder room, and she really wanted a wallpaper of like old school cassette tapes, black and white. I was like, oh my God. Right. And we were going with this sort of like modernish aesthetic and we did it. We installed the old school black and white cassette tapes and this like beautiful brass mirror and like a hunter green, really moderate floating vanity. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's gorgeous. Gorgeous. And everybody told her that it would don't it was do like, it. Don't, yeah. Don't do it. It was horrible. And I was like, don't listen to them. Do it. Do it. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> and she did. And she loves it. I feel like I constantly like, I don't know if you run into that, but I mean, I can push the envelope a little bit. And I get even from my own team sometimes that are like, you know, very conservative, but and like really good at project management, but not 
great at design and I get a lot of like, oh, you're painting it that color or you're putting that wallpaper up or you're doing, and I'm just like, I've been doing this for so long. Like I know what it's going to look like. I may not be able to like make a 3D rendering of what is in my head, but like, I can't tell you how many times my husband's like, I just need to shut up, don't I? Because you know what you're doing. And I'm like, yeah, like, just be quiet and trust me. Like, I promise you it'll look good. I mean, I've made I've made enough mistakes in the past to know that it's going to be okay. <laughs> and I love yeah. it when people are like willing to just try and oh, trust yeah. and like, you know, push the design envelope a little bit and not just be like, yeah, let's just paint it all white or whatever. I know, I know. What you, <laughs> which is, I understand. It's like, you know, I always try to push my clients as well a little bit. And sometimes there's like, whoa, whoa. They're like, no, no. Yeah, and yeah. That's the same. The, Stephanie, what you just described, this is my same situation. I swear <laughs> the crap out of my husband continuously. He's like, you're doing what? It's like, you're thinking of doing what? I'm like, just trust just me. Just trust me, please. Trust me. <laughs> I'm like, and sometimes I don't even know what, it, you know, And but I'm like, what's the worst thing that can happen? I need to repaint it. It's not a big deal. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, but I know. And it's fun. It's like, and I think what's why we have to do that is because we do so much of it. That it's like, you just get tired of staring at the same thing. Like I was with my tile guy the other day and we're working on, it's just a small little bathroom remodel. And like, there are these really bright greenish aqua tiles and they were just, the clients just wanted this brick pattern. I was like, can we do something fun? Like, like for the regular tiles, can we do something fun in the niches? with the like pattern of the tile. He's like, do you want to do herringbone? I'm like, no. And there were these like really long, skinny, like okay. maybe they were maybe like 10 inches by like two inches. And it kind okay. of had like a curved edge. So we took them and we like stacked them in a picture frame, like on the okay. outside. And then we just like soldier jointed them like in the middle. Oh. And then he was like, oh my God, thank you so much, Steph, for like not making me do the same exact thing all the time. You know, I was like, yes. Because actually, like the way the tiles were, they like fit perfectly in this little picture frame. And he's like, do you want me to brick pattern it in the middle? I was like, no, like, let's cool. like break up. Yeah. So it's like just and a little. Continued the tile. Yeah. I just continued the tile in the niche. Like after we picture framed it, like sold, I call them soldiers, you know, when they're like, right. They I, I might have to steal that idea. I know. Me. I was like, oh, I'll send you a picture. Send <laughs> me a picture. Out. That sounds yeah. amazing. I love that. I just I love like that. fun things that I'm like, okay, I just don't want to stare at the same pattern again. It might be a, like a similar color I've done, but even just like mixing up patterns and stuff exactly. is fun. So yes, he's like, oh, he, like my tile guy was like thanking me for not <laughs> doing, he's like, I hate doing the same thing over and over. I'm like, me too. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like we do so much of it it's like you were always like you know we I know like, I needed to like come yeah. up with something different yeah totally so just one last question what would you say would be like the most important personality trait to be in this business as a woman like you're you know there's it's rare to find general contractors right that are women that are actually running construction businesses if somebody wanted to step into eventually getting there like what do you think is your most important, in your opinion, trait to be able to like be successful in that? So I have it's my answer is sort of like a two part answer. The first, Stephanie, is that not until I became a general contractor and I started actually like meeting people in the construction space that I thought I never felt like a woman in a male dominated world. Mm-hmm. If that makes I know. Sense. 
Absolutely. That's how I feel like I'm just part of it because I've been doing it for so long, but it doesn't feel that way. Yeah. From the inside, at least. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like I've been doing it for so long and I've, I've been dealing with subs and people in construction for so long that it's just like so very normal. Right. And like it's not out of the ordinary for me, you know. And yeah, the reality is that I deal with men mostly all the time. I'm sure you do. Right. There are some women here and there, but it's 75 percent men all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. And it's like that's the first thing. It's like I don't feel like an odd one out. I don't feel like because I'm a woman, it's I'm di- you no, know, there's none of that. It's like this is what I do. This is what we're going to do. Either you like it or not. And this is what's just what's going to happen. Right. And then communication. I think it's so important to constantly over communicate the process what's happening where we're at what's going on right like Mm -hmm. I feel like you can't over communicate when you're in a construction like project right the more you're talking to other people to your crew and stuff like that the more you minimize mistakes Mm -hmm. the more you minimize like costly mistakes actually because I could be thinking of something and if like I might think that David for example that's my foreman we might know what, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't know what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I'm like talking out loud and saying, and he's like, Oh, interesting. He's like, that's a good thing that you said that because we were going to do it this way. Right. You know? I know. So- I totally agree because, and I feel like if something goes wrong or there's a mistake that happened, that like generally it's because like I didn't lead well or didn't communicate enough. Like I had it in my brain. And sometimes I go like, they know I don't need to like tell them you know, because like sometimes I can be micromanaging, right? When I back off a little bit, it's like, no, you just have to really, I think you have to learn how to communicate effectively, kindly, professionally without demeaning anybody. But it's a constant communication of the details all the time. And that can feel a little micromanaging to people, you know, if like, I, I want you to do your job, but it's like, I also need to make sure that like, I'm communicating the things that are in my brain because I've done this so many times. I don't want there to be mistakes or whatever. Like I just had something happen on Monday where like we thought we were good to go. We were going to, we're starting this barn project and we communicated with the owner. We put like the owner portal up with the timeline. We talked to her, we let her know we were starting, but it's in the middle of this orchard. And we mobilize all of our equipment to do the demo. And we show up and the orchards has water in it. (laughs) Like we cannot even pull a piece of equipment in. And we're like, okay, we did not communicate with the ag manager about the water. And it was like, nobody had his phone number. We thought we were covered with all of the communication we did. And it was like, nope, <laughs> like right. we should have talked to him. And those are just like things you learn where you're like, okay, I, we should have done a better job. Right. I love that. And also with, you mentioned that being in communication with a client, right? It's like, they appreciate over communication, I think, mm-hmm. especially when it's like, when we're in their houses and we're in and out and stuff like that, I'm always letting them know like this day, this is going to happen. And this day that this is going to happen and expect maybe the water is going to be shut off. Like from, you know, this day, like they appreciate those things. Right. I've had clients who don't want to be so involved. And then I asked them at the very beginning, I'm like, I usually, you know, I check in a lot, very often with you. Are you good with that? Or how, like, I asked them, how do you want me to communicate with you? 
Mm-hmm. And I've had clients who are like, no, like, I don't want to be involved. Yeah. <laughs> just, just get your job done. Yeah. Yeah. They give me like literally, Stephanie, they give me a check. They give me their keys and they're like, you do what you need to do. I just wanted to look pretty. And, you know, I'm pretty Call busy. me when you're done. Yeah. <laughs> Call me when you're done kind of thing. And it's that's totally fine. Right. That's like what they're essentially what they're paying us for. And that's okay. But I do ask them, how do you want our communication to go? Like, right. Yeah. And, and I think that's beautiful because there are people that are like, I'm too busy to get your text messages or your emails or whatever. And, right. you know, and then there's people that are like, if you, you know, look at them the wrong way, they're going to want communication about it. So I think it's beautiful to ask <laughs> the clients like exactly how they want to be communicated with right. because... A lot of, I mean, and a lot of times the stigma in construction is that there is no communication. So I love that that is like the number one thing that you pointed out that it's just like the one thing that has to happen in construction to make, if you are working with clients and subs, there's just so many moving parts that communication. So many moving parts. So if you're scared to talk about stuff, don't get in construction. Exactly. (laughs) You need to constantly be talking and constantly be managing like, expectations and stuff like that right absolutely i love it okay so darling gabby tell people where they can find you follow you hire you oh awesome thank you so uh, i mean we all have a website right like it's uh, but it's i feel like websites are people still going to websites i don't even know stephanie i like, don't I'm, even know what is i, I think pe- i do have people that are like oh your website's really pretty i'm like oh oh thank you so much you went there <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. I don't even know, but guildproperties.com and it's G-U-I-L-D, the same Instagram handle. And I think Instagram is, I am kind of treating Instagram as my website, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. That's yeah, like, it's where like the updated stuff is. Yeah, yeah it's the most updated. It, it's sort of like, it's the most up to date. And it's the same handle at Guild Properties. I am getting into TikTok. You are. Oh, dang, girl. It's a different language altogether, but it's the same handle at Guild Properties on TikTok. And you can find me in all those spaces and you can DM me and you can we can consult virtually or we can do in-person projects. Okay. And tell the people like your central area of where you they can like if they want to hire you in person to do a project for them. What's your area? I am located in Arlington, Virginia, which is in the Washington metropolitan D.C. region. You know, I've done projects in Washington, D.C. and Virginia, which is in the same vicinity. I do a lot of just I stay locally. I call it locally in Arlington and sort of Falls Church area. But I'm in that area. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Gabby. It was such a pleasure meeting you and talking with you and getting to know you just have like the most beautiful soul. And I could just see your clients falling in love with you and your design. And I just know you do an incredible job and your stuff is beautiful. Thank you, Stephanie. That means a lot. And thank you so much for having me. I loved getting to know you. I think I we have so many similarities. I know. Right? Every time I meet somebody on our pod, my podcast, I'm like, can you be my best friend and just like <laughs> hang out with me every day? Because I feel well, like, or can we work together or something? <laughs> something, somehow. Well, if you ever want to come to Washington, D.C. Yes, you know, I will. Well, how f- I'm like really bad at the East Coast states and geography. So don't be mad at me. I'm good at other things. 
I was just in Connecticut. How far away is that? That's far. That's far. That's pretty far. It's like people telling me like, oh, you live in California. And I'm, they're like, they think I live in Southern California by the beach. And I'm like eight hours from the beach. I'm like, no, you dumb dumb. That's so far away. California is huge. Where, yeah. where are you in California? I'm way in Northern California, like an hour and a half north of Sacramento. Oh, yeah. Okay. So we're like so far from the beach. Like, so, like, yes. we live in yeah. ag, like, we live on a ranch, like, we're surrounded by orchards. It's harvest time right now for almonds. Like, it's not the beach. <laughs> oh, I know. And I know you have horses and you're like yeah. a horse person in your family. Yeah. So, yes, I, yes, yes. That it's very I different. Yeah. It's very different. <laughs> I mean, California is huge. California is huge. It is huge. Yeah. But I'm like, oh, all the states you can just like touch in my mind. In the <laughs> well, Coast. If you ever want to come to, Washington DC to all the museums hit me yes. up. Okay. Stay. I want you to stay in my house. Oh, I would love that. Thank you so much. I know my daughter's going to be old enough here and we always, they always do like a Washington DC trip. I did that <laughs> when I was in, I can't remember what grade, but I know that someday soon because she's getting old, unfortunately, will be coming out that way. So I will for sure hit you up and thank you again. Thank you, Stephanie. Okay. Have a great day. You too. Thank you Bye. so much. Thanks for joining me today on the She Build Show. My name is Stephanie Olson. My hope is that this episode leaves you feeling empowered and ready to boldly take that step into building the life that you envision, one, two by four at a time. And if you can do me a quick favor, please leave me a five-star review on iTunes. I get giddy over reading the reviews each week, and I will choose one special person to win some She Build swag. Make sure you add your name to the review, and I'll reach out if you're the winner. Thanks again for hanging out. Be sure to visit me at thesheBuildShow.com where you can ask me questions and share with me what you're building.